0: Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. Recently, Sarah and I sat down for an interview with Kim Tedford, regional director of the Jackson Madison County Regional Health Department in Jackson, Tennessee. This week's podcast is the audio portion of that interview. This is an update on the coronavirus pandemic and the latest on the vaccination efforts in tennessee bringing it home with sarah and Tanil, we have a very special edition for you today hey sarah hey how are you oh i am good i'm super excited that we're here first of all i'm gonna put a date stamp on this because we don't usually do that but information changes guidance changes so today is wednesday june 30th 2021 And we are here with Ms. Kim Tedford. Kim is the regional director of the Jackson Madison County Regional Health Department in Tennessee. And we're gonna be talking about the latest on the coronavirus pandemic. We're gonna be talking about the vaccine. We're gonna be like just talking about the whole situation and where we stand right now, because this year is half over as of today. And that's really hard for me to process. Kim, I just have to be honest. I feel like I spent all of 2020 with you because (laughs) you were were giving updates on the situation on a regular basis, and I was on the edge of my seat, just like everybody else in the region, waiting to hear what Kim is going to say, and you know what is the latest. And so here we are again, wanting to know what the latest is. But it's going to kind of take a different turn today. But before Sarah gets going, and she's got some questions for you, but to know this because i've probably said this wrong too i've been hearing people say now that the pandemic is over we've been talking about post pandemic this post pandemic that tell us is the pandemic over are we waiting on you to give a big press conference one day to come out and say (laughs) the
1: pandemic is over how are we going to know when the pandemic is over well let me start by saying it's not over okay Uh, there is light at the end of the tunnel, light that we didn't have, uh, six months ago. Uh, we were in the, the deepest part of the pandemic as far as Madison County is concerned about six months ago, that was some of our worst numbers. Um, but it's not over. Um, we hope and pray that we're on the right track to it being over. Uh, but we've still got some time to go. And as long as we're still having some transmission, um, in the community or in any community, then the pandemic's not over.
0: Ooh, so we're not talking post pandemic. Um, no. that's not where we I are know.
2: just yet. So, okay. Not what I want to hear. So Sarah, take it away. Well, you know, that's what we want to do is as this is to put out facts, you know, and help people understand where we are. So my first question is right along with that. Um, As of this week, where does um, Tennessee stand on being vaccinated?
1: I wish I could say that that we stand at the top uh, of of our 50 states, but we don't. We're at the bottom Um, right now. I think there's been about, um, a little over 5 million doses of vaccine that's been given across the state, uh, which makes, up about 37% of our population across the state that's been fully vaccinated. When you look at the state, kind of gives their, their data on, um, people that are fully vaccinated and people that have only received one dose or one dose of a two dose vaccine series and we're a little bit better in that we're about 41 percent across the state of the population who have received one dose Uh, some of those people will never get their second dose just because of side effects that they've had they've chosen not to get that second dose but um, we would really like to be at about 50 percent of the population right now and like i said we're at about 37 percent Statewide, um, we're better than that in Madison County, I will say, uh, but I'll, I'll hold off on that because I feel like that's going to be another question. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: you know, I'll tell you just from watching the news, there is so much talk about this Delta variant. i um, heard about it this morning, um, you know, don't really know all the ins and outs of it, but well how concerned should I be about this if I've been vaccinated uh is this something that I'm covered against and where are we seeing this delta variant really just come into play
1: well anytime that you're dealing with a virus viruses mutate I know you've heard that word mutation that's where variants come from is when the when the virus itself mutates and there's lots of variants that are already out there from the COVID-19 virus. Um, The reason that they're so concerned about the Delta variant, which is um, the right term is B.1.617.2 variant. (laughs) Write that down, Sarah. Uh, I've already forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) The CDC uh, came up with a better way to classify those And so they're using the Greek alphabet. So there's the alpha variant. We've got the beta variant. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've got um, two epsilon variants, a gamma variant. Uh, So the delta um, is the one that originated in India. Mm -hmm. And the concern about it is, like with any variants, sometimes a variant can mutate enough to where vaccines won't cover it or it's more transmissible. In this case, the Delta variant, uh, in the studies that have been done so far, and you gotta remember, we've only got six months of data as far as the vaccines, because we only started giving them the end of December. So it's real frustrating because the public wants to know all this information, but you can only give information on what you've got. And when you've only got six months of data to look at, that's why things change. As we learn more, those guidelines change and the information changes. So I I wanna make sure I get that out there. But with the Delta variant, it is found to be a whole lot more, about 50% more easily transmitted than the regular COVID-19 virus. So that means that it can spread faster. With some variants, they may not be covered as well with the vaccines. Now, with the little bit of study that's been done, the mRNA vaccines, which is your Moderna and your Pfizer, both seem to cover the the Delta variant well. There's still some question about the Johnson & Johnson, which is the one-dose vaccine, about the coverage of it for the Delta variant. So we don't know a lot about that yet. Uh, There's still being studies done on it. But it seems like the Moderna and the Pfizer both cover the Delta variant pretty well. Now, that's not to say you won't be able to get it. You could still contract it, but it's not going to make you um, severely ill. It's really going to keep you from being out of the hospital and being severely ill with it. Is it here in Tennessee, Kim? I don't know. Um, the reports that we get from the state on data about variants, um, first of all, the CDC characterizes variants in three different ways. Um, one, the first area is an area of interest that they're interested in, the, in that particular variant. It's um, The second one is um, a variant of concern which that's where all the variants that that I know about fall under, variants of concern. And then there's the last um, heading is um, a variant of a high consequence. I don't know of any of the variants that have been classified as that yet. So all of the variants that I know about are are variants of concern. Now, you've heard about... um, B117 or the alpha variant, that's the one that tends to be called the UK because it originated in the United Kingdom. That's the most prevalent variant that we're seeing across Tennessee uh, based on the numbers that I received from the state. Uh, there's some others like the beta and the gamma and some of the California epsilon strains. Uh, there's been a few of those cases scattered across the state. But the but the majority of the variant is the alpha variant. That's the UK. And predominantly that's seen in your bigger metropolitan areas. I know Memphis, Shelby County has had a lot of that variant um, in their county and city. Um, there's been no reports that I've seen of the Delta variant being in Tennessee. Um, but when I read, and I try to read to stay up on everything, and that you could spend a hundred percent of your time reading about different (laughs) studies. Um, They say that it's, it's, it's present in about 49 of the 50 states. So I don't know where they get that data. So it sounds like it probably is here, but I've not seen that in any data that the state turns over to me. Okay. So as of
0: today, if we've been vaccinated, then we should be covered against these variants, the, the alpha, beta, all of the things yes. that are
2: out there right now.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: Wow. Well, speaking of vaccinations, <laughs> you know, we know there's a lot of reasons people are choosing not to, you know, and I'm very respectful of people's reasons, you know, what they need to do. Um, you know, one of those could be fear of side effects, you know, mm-hmm. but um, can you talk to us a little about, what people may experience if they do have side effects and why, why they're getting them or having them.
1: Sure. Um, Yes. A lot of people are really concerned about the side effects. And let me start off by saying that we've given right at 44,000 doses of vaccine, just at the health department alone. That's not counting other providers in the area. So just here at our little health department, we've given right at 44,000 doses. Two of those doses went into me, so. (laughs) (laughs) We have not seen any severe reactions. Let me knock on wood when I say that, because I don't want to start having any. Um, You expect to get side effects from this vaccine. And we are very upfront with that and we tell people. And usually uh, your side effects are gonna be more severe with that second dose as opposed to the first dose you can I can pretty much guarantee that you're gonna have a sore arm with the first one and a really sore arm with the second one uh you may have some redness you may have some swelling around the injection site that's all normal um you can also probably expect to feel some fatigue you may have a low grade fever, you may have chills you may just feel like excuse me for saying this, but you may just feel like crap. You just you just feel crappy. Um, I'll share this. Uh, those that are in my command staff here at the health department, we um, uh, man our operations center where all the phone calls come in and we all got our second dose on the same day. And we were all at work just, oh, I had a low-grade fever, freezing to death, had a heater blowing. We all felt horrible and you can expect that for 24 to 48 hours may we've heard some people complain of some nausea with that second dose one thing that we have seen too is a lot of people that have had covid in the last few months and then they get the vaccine that first dose is usually the worst as far as side effects then And then the second one's not as bad if you've had COVID because you've already got those antibodies in your body that have been trying to fight against the COVID virus. So um, that's why that first dose gives you more side effects if you've had COVID-19.
0: Now, Sarah, you had the vaccine and you didn't have any of the major, the chills, all of that. I didn't have the chills, all of that. Kim, we both just kind of had a sore arm. So that doesn't mean that our vaccine, like, didn't kick in as strongly as,
1: as y'all are no, about to die, no, right? No, no, okay. it doesn't. Uh, my mother, who is 78 years old, she took the vaccine. She had nothing but a sore arm. Okay. Uh, so people's... Um, immune system react differently. But so don't be alarmed if all you have is a sore arm and don't be alarmed if you have the symptoms like some of us had because that's just your body doing what it's supposed to do. Um, It means the vaccine's working. Uh, If you do have the symptoms, it doesn't mean that it's not working if you only have a sore arm. Okay. Are they keeping up
0: with how many people that test positive now actually had the vaccine? You know, is that something that's being tracked?
1: Yes. One of the things that we started doing once, um, we started administering the vaccine is when we do our contact tracing, which is we talk to everybody that's reported to us with a positive test, we're going to try to contact them and, uh, talk to them, find out who they've been in contact with, uh, so that we can uh, give them instructions on about quarantine and isolation and those things. So we started asking that question, have you been vaccinated? And for a while, um, that information that goes to the state, um, they wanted to know everybody that tested positive that had been vaccinated, but, and I can't remember the date. I want to say it was around the 1st of May. They switched, um, they switched gears a little bit and cdc was only concerned about those people that became positive and required hospitalization or they actually died from COVID 19 that had been vaccinated you're always going to have some breakthrough cases because no vaccine is a hundred percent um so the real goal here is one of the primary goals with the vaccine is to prevent severe illness and death and hospitalizations is number
2: one. Okay. Well, um, if you've had COVID, you kind of touched on this earlier, but if you've had it, do you still recommend people get the vaccine?
1: Absolutely. Okay.
2: Absolutely.
1: Because here's the thing. Um, natural immunity is, is great. But you don't know how long that immunity is going to last. You know, we've we've played with this, and it's not a magic time period. But you know, they say you're you're going to have some immunity for about three months, and then that immunity is going to start waning. Um, it's not magic. It doesn't mean that at ninety days all of your immunity is <laughs> gone. But But they have to have a a time period to look at so basically it's about three months but three months after you've had covid within the the end of that three month period you want to think about it's not going to hurt if you do it earlier but you certainly want to think about getting that vaccine um at least at that three month mark after you've you've had covid
2: okay
0: Okay, so we're vaccinating children now. So we wanna talk a little bit about that. Uh, what age group is currently eligible for a vaccine right now? And is the dose different than what adults
1: get? Okay. Yeah, we're, um, we're actually vaccinating 12 years and older. Uh, they, they've been approved to receive the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, So that's the only vaccine that anybody 12 between 12 and 18 can receive is the Pfizer. So that's why some providers that don't have the Pfizer vaccine, if they have Moderna or they have the Johnson and Johnson, they can't give it to to the younger population because it's not been approved yet. Um, There are some studies actively going on right now. And the information that we're getting is that hopefully by the fall, that the vaccine will be approved for a younger than 12 years of age, which would be great for going back to school. Uh, but um, everything's looking good so far in those studies, but it's not been approved for that yet. Uh, the dose is not different. It's the same um, as in in this population anyway, in the 12 to 18. It's the same dose as an adult gets.
2: So keeping on this subject of children, you know, it, it, it seems like children don't always get as sick from a COVID infection as an adult. So why is that so important to get that age group vaccinated?
1: For the most part, uh, for the majority, you're correct. There are, uh, the majority of children don't get that sick with, with COVID. Some don't even know they have it, Right. but there are a few that, that have gotten really sick that have been hospitalized that, um, have gotten the multi system. You've heard about the multi system syndrome, where it affects different um, um, systems in the body. Um, And so there have been some of those children that have been diagnosed with that in the state of Tennessee. Uh, They give us that data. Also, I don't know about anybody locally, um, that has been diagnosed with that, or been host. We've had some children hospitalized, but they've come out of it. and been discharged but the the problem with children is they can transmit it even if they're not that sick so if they're out and about and they're exposed and they get covid you don't know who they can bring it back to if there's an immunocompromised parent if there's a grandparent if they live with a grandparent and we know that that has been extremely hard on the elderly population, uh, not just the elderly, but extremely hard on that population. So it's more about them being able to transmit it, um, to other people. Okay. Thanks, yeah. no, it does. And
0: Kim, we know some school systems are deciding to go mass optional when they go back to school where, you know, kids can wear a mask or not wear a mask. Either is going to be acceptable. So kind of talk about the parents that are on the fence. They don't really know whether they should make their kid mask up if it's not required. What are some of the things they need to consider in order to be able to make that decision for their children?
1: Well, and you've got a lot of parents that you know, even at the end of this past school year that we're adamant my child is not going to be in a mask all day. Yeah. But folks, let me tell you, the kids have done better than most adults have. You know, kids just typically do what they're told to do. I have a grandson that was in the first grade. He never complained about his mask. He wore his mask in class all the time. But um, so kids tend to do better. It's parents that that don't do as well. I think first of all, first of all, let me say this, the guidance from the CDC. Now they're going to be probably updating some guidance before school starts. But right now, if you go to CDC's website, it's going to tell you that right now schools need to be continuing what they were doing when school was dismissed at the end of the previous year, which is um trying to cohort groups and keep those groups and classes together and when they can't social distance to have them to wear a mask Uh, i think you have to look at if it becomes optional here i think you have to look at am i are my husband and i vaccinated you know are we going to be affected if if our child is in school contracts COVID and brings it back to our family. Uh, I think you have to look at that. Um, you know, I don't know how much you're going to know about the teacher and whether or not they've been vaccinated, but that's going to, that's going to be a key in, um, you know, what the children in that classroom do if the teacher's vaccinated or not. And, um, because the, especially for the elementary group, they're looking now, they're not gonna have the opportunity to be vaccinated before school starts because it's not approved for them yet.
2: So really kind of check back in before the beginning of school, cause like uh-huh. things are ever changing for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of masks,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, speak mask.
2: <laughs> um, you know, if you are fully vaccinated, um, What can you do safely now without wearing a mask? Um,
1: you can safely do anything that you were doing prior to um, your vaccination or prior to the pandemic starting. You can do whatever you did prior to that without wearing a mask. However, <laughs> um, I she was going to put something at the end of that. I... I don't mask unless I'm in a situation where I'm in a confined space with a large group of people, which I haven't been, but you don't know the vaccination status of those other people that you're around. Now, granted, your vaccine's going to prevent you from Getting severely ill or being in the hospital uh, or possibly death. Um, there's still a chance that you could contract COVID-19 even after being vaccinated. It's very slim, but there is a chance. There, they have found out more information. At first, even after you were vaccinated, they were telling you to still wear a mask because they weren't sure about your ability to transmit it. If you were exposed to it, they felt like you could still transmit it to other people. Now that the percentage has really decreased and they've learned more. So they know that the chances of you being able to transmit it after you've been vaccinated is very, 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 very low, which is why they came out and said, you don't have to mask. Okay. But if you're in situations And also, if you travel on an airplane, that's a requirement. You're going to have to be masked. They don't care whether you're vaccinated or not. Any kind of public um, transportation, uh, like a bus, a train, a plane, they're going to require you to mask. Some businesses are still going to require you to mask. Some, um, your job may require you to mask even after. Now, our ruling here at the health department anybody my nurses that, that see patients in clinic they're going to have a mask on um we're asking everybody that comes into the health department to wear a mask because we don't know their vaccine status of everybody that comes in now my staff if you've been vaccinated you can walk around the building and be in other people's offices without wearing a mask but if you've not been vaccinated then here it's still a requirement that you have to
0: mask. Well, I know the local and the national conversation has definitely changed from testing to vaccinations in the recent months. But I do want to ask this question. So if I'm vaccinated, fully vaccinated, and I learned that I've been exposed to somebody who's tested positive, do I quarantine? Do I need to go get tested? What do I do at that point?
1: You do not have to quarantine And that's kind of been a big selling point for people who've been on the fence about getting vaccinated (laughs) when they find out that they don't have to quarantine, uh, especially with student athletes. That was a big issue at the end of the school year because these kids that were playing sports, their team may be going to state and somebody came down with COVID and they've exposed the team and, You know, it just created a lot of issues. So once you're vaccinated, you do not have to quarantine. You do need to monitor your symptoms. And if you develop any signs and symptoms, then you need to go get tested. But you don't need to just be tested because you've been exposed.
2: That's good news. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one last question to kind of wrap up our conversation today. So for anybody that may be listening or that aren't, that that don't listen (laughs) um, and watch, but if you decide you are ready to get the vaccine, um, where's the best place to go for now? And are most like family physicians offering the vaccination or is the health department where we need to go? You know, where would you, what guidance would you offer there?
1: I'm gonna say the best place to go is the health department.
2: was <laughs> <laughs> gonna <to> say that? <laughs>
1: but um, really, it's very easy. We you don't have to have an appointment here. We are we've cut our hours back some. We've been been working well, we've been working seven days a week for a year and a half, and so then when the vaccine started, we were doing six days a week offering vaccines. We've kind of cut that back. We are offering vaccines Monday through Thursday from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. And on Fridays from 9 a.m. to 4.30. And you can just walk in, okay. get your vaccine. I promise you it takes no more than 15 minutes. We're That's so efficient. <laughs>
0: Kim, are <laughs> um, most of the health departments in Tennessee, you're able to just walk in and do it without appointments? Yep. Okay. All, all 95 counties. All of
1: them. Okay. Them. <laughs> you can just walk in. You can just walk in. Okay. And that's on, the, that's on the Tennessee Department of Health website. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All health departments just walk in. and I mean, they are really trying to make it as easy as possible for people to get it. Now, in saying that, there are other places that you can get it. Uh, most of your pharmacies, your Kroger, your Walmart, your CVS, uh, even some of your locally owned pharmacies, bantries um, South, South, Uh, Baker's Drugs downtown most of those places do have vaccines and you can get it at your local pharmacy Um, even Sam's has it Um, and then some of the providers have it like the Jackson Clinic I know Taylor Medical down the street Christ Community in East Jackson Um, there's several you can check with your primary care provider to see if they have it Um, they're not Not all do, because you have to go through a special process to even be able to receive the vaccine, because it has to be stored in a particular manner, and um, I won't even get into all that, but um, (laughs) it's a logistical nightmare. So some of the providers don't have the capability to do that. But if you have a question about where you can find it, you can go to vaccines.gov and put in your zip code and it will pop up a map and tell you every provider that has the vaccine, the, the kind of ma- the manufacturer of the vaccine that they currently have in stock and what their hours are and everything.
2: Oh, that's great. I didn't realize that.
1: Vaccines, vaccines with an S Dot gov. Dot gov. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kim, thank you so much for this conversation. Thank you. We've learned
0: so much. And, you know, we hope that everybody that's viewing or listening. And love the life
1: you live. We'll see you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.